Starting off with the bottom line, which is new creation. Mm-hmm. That's what we heard on Sunday, the sermon wrapping up Galatians, in which we talked about the significant thing, the bottom line, the summary of the whole deal is mm. uh, new creation. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk about that. When when Mike said that, by the way, you said, you know, you're a bottom line person. Mm-hmm. You're like, you know, I get in conversations sometimes and if it, these people start using things that don't really matter or can't keep my attention. I actually regretted saying that, I think. <laughs> well, I this is the last thing I'm going to say on this podcast for fear that I might not be saying the bottom line I was thing. like, oh man, I must, I must be a nightmare friend to you. Because I'm, I've even said no, this before. Everyone, it's, the, it's a me problem, please, everybody. <laughs> it is a total me problem. I'm a storyteller, no, and I want all the details. <laughs> that was for rhetorical effect, everyone. I don't know what that was. Uh, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is actually just a group counseling. Yeah, which I receive. Episode. Mike, we've brought you here today <laughs> on behalf of the congregation. <laughs> no, listen. All right, Galatians 6, yeah. So we're going to do some summary of the sermon and probably even some summary of the series, I would think, as we're mm. wrapping up the book of Galatians and then um, talk about transitioning to... Um, what comes next. next. Yeah, that's going to be great. So yeah, take it away. Yeah, so the uh, summary was you had two, uh, two boasts that were contrasted in this last section, and like any good author, Paul's kind of bringing his you know, what he's been talking about as a whole in the letter to a close. And it kind of boils down to, do you boast in the flesh or do you boast in the cross? Um, And so, yeah, we explored what those look like and then um, kind of ran out of time a little bit, honestly, in the sermon to really get into the blessing part. Maybe we could do a little bit of that, a little bit more expansion on that. But those are the three points of the sermon, two boasts and a blessing. So Paul's opponents were boasting, he says, in the flesh, in their flesh, and he wanted to boast, those opponents want to boast in other people's flesh. And I kind of defined, I guess, almost flesh as like human ability apart from God. It's like what you can accomplish and what you can do based on either your heritage, your birthright, so to speak, um, you know, your accomplishments. And, you know, we a lot of people today talk about identity. Identity is very close to our boast. Like, this is who I am. This is what I'm good at. This is what I've accomplished. This is what I've done. Mm. And, um, you know, if that's the source of your confidence, your boasting before the Lord, then, you know, Paul's got strong language here. Uh, it did hit me kind of afresh just how strong this is. This really is a first-rank issue. There really is... Um, uh, you know issues here. We didn't really explore too much actually in the sermons, um, but even here, it's like this can fall. You know, in evangelical circles, you know, did you pray the prayer? Did you get baptized? Have you done this in, in charismatic circles? It can be, you know, have you spoken in tongues? Have you experienced this thing? Have you been slain in the spirit? Like there's, and then you know, in the in the Catholic Church, it can be like the seven sacraments. It's like, did you do this and did you do this? And and you can be trusting your own experience uh, or um, religious knowledge, you know, these are, they can be subtle things, but man, that's what kind of stood out to me. These people were Jesus people. They identified with Jesus as the Messiah. So that's kind of the, the sobering part about it for me. Can we sit there for a second? Sure. You, you used a few words there that were really helpful for me to think about, like, 
well, what does it mean that I, I'm not going to boast in the flesh or myself? I'm going to boast in the cross. And even hearing you there tie it to identity is mm-hmm. super helpful for me. You also talked about like, this is where I find my confidence, my, my rest. This is mm-hmm. my happiness. And so I'm even thinking in my head, like, all right, what on a daily basis, what actually gives me rest and peace and confidence in who I am and my standing with the Lord? Mm-hmm. And if it is in, oh, good, you know, I, I did these spiritual disciplines today. Not, not that that is irrelevant or doesn't matter, mm-hmm. but if it's in any activity of my own rather than this confidence and rest in who Christ says I am, what he's done for me, mm-hmm. then I, I'm treading into territory where I'm boasting in myself, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it can be very, you know, I forget if it's like Paul Tripp or other people talk about like functional saviors. Right. And and a lot of these things are good things and they remain. They don't go away when you really truly learn to boast in Christ. And so that's what, it, it can be a bit challenging. Um, I don't want to make Christianity out to be like this hard, like introspection, navel gazing type thing at all. But at the same time, brothers and sisters, we, we do have, you know, again, the boast here, Paul you know, I think part of the challenge of this is we like gray, we like nuance, mm-hmm. and even pastorally, I like gray and nuance because sure. life is so, you know, seemingly complicated. We have this phrase in our house. I think I've shared this before. Like I say to my girls, I'll start the sentence. I'll say it's always, and they'll say more complicated than you think. Like that's a, mm-hmm. that's kind of like one of our phrases. And so, but here there is a a kind of binary. The, the Bible can be quite binary. You're either in Christ or you're out of Christ. You're either boasting in the flesh or you're boasting in the cross. And those are two different uh, experiences, ways of approaching God, and they have trajectories now. I think the nuance comes in the trajectory, honestly, mm. after those things, you know, in a sense, are settled. So, um, so yeah, that was the first point, number one. And a lot of it is just an awareness, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't it just an awareness of who I am in Christ mm-hmm. and that my deeds my other work and efforts apart from him cannot obtain for me what I desperately want and need. Yeah, and I actually think, you know, Paul is being autobiographical there in Galatians, so let me just, another passage here will be, you know, in Philippians 3, which is familiar to folks. And he, he expounds on this more of what he means, that he's not boasting in his accomplishments or the flesh, but he's boasting in Christ. And so, you know, this is a familiar passage. Uh, you know, he says, I have reason for confidence. That's the same word, by the way. This is Philippians 3.3. 3. Um, he says, for we are the circumcision. So this issue was all over. This issue of like, the, I, I had someone come up to me after church and talked about, oh man, that idea of like the Jew, Jewish and Christian communities being very overlapping is a really important idea. It's very helpful. Yeah. And so Paul says here, we're the circumcision, which he's saying is we're really the people of God. And then mm-hmm. he's going to explain what that actually means. He's not actually talking about the physical act of circumcision in Philippians 3 here. We worship through the Spirit of God, and we boast or glory in Christ Jesus, and we put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. 
I was circumcised, speaking of the literal act, on the eighth day of the tribe of, of Israel, the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. And so that's a, a fuller explanation of the two boasts there. Um, mm. And so what that means is, you know, if you're a very successful person, whatever that means, like maybe you're very successful in the religious sphere, like you're just, you've always been religious ever since a kid. And, you know, that would, you know, that kind of where I'm at. It's like, well, I, I make no boast in my religious pedigree. I can't do it. Maybe you're successful in the business world. You're very successful. And it's like, if you're, there's kind of this thing, Dan actually introduced me to it. It's like, when someone's really good at one thing, he told me this a long time ago, they just assume they're like good at everything. <laughs> it's like a thing. And so like, that's what people do. It's like, well, I'm really good at this, so I must be fine. I'm really good at this, so I must be fine in these other areas. Mm. And so we we do that, whether, again, maybe you maybe you have an awesome family, you know, or, may, you know, and these are, those are all, and again, flesh, those are all human accomplishments. And to follow Jesus into the new creation is to be willing to say and then walk it out, however that looks like, I am not boasting in my great family. I am not boasting in my religious pedigree. I am not boasting in my um, athleticism, musicianship, like mm-hmm. whatever those things. I count those things as you know, very insignificant. I mean, he used the words, you know, rubbish there in Philippians 3, because knowing Jesus as my Lord and mm-hmm. being found in him is of such surpassing value. So, you know. There's this whole, you know, the synergy of the Christian faith. It's both passive and active. Mm-hmm. And so in one sense, you know, we're going to talk about this in a little bit because I love that you said that, um, you know, you said faith is a receiving virtue. Mm. It's passive. Like it I'm, is. I'm, I'm a recipient of God's grace, and that then fuels the rest of my life. But the Christian life is full of doing stuff, mm-hmm. and we should be doing things. And but my boast isn't what I'm doing. My boast is what Christ has done for me. Mm-hmm. My experience of that in increased happiness and blessedness is then my doing. Mm-hmm. So now I'm as a res- as a response to my faith, my working out in love, which is what Paul says here, is the most important thing. It fulfills the law. That is to pursue my happiness in my experience of the kingdom in Jesus. And this is and that's not like selfish, by the way. That glorifies God. This is the whole piper, you know, God's desire to be glorified and your desire to be happy are not at odds with each other. Mm. It's th- it's the same road. Uh, God is most glorified, you know. He says in us yeah. when we're most satisfied in Him. So that that is a that's key for my own life. My, I'm not boasting in the in the things that I'm doing, the religious things I'm doing, or the sex I'm a part of, or the you know whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm boasting in what I've received, completely by God's grace. But my experience that deepens and goes further and further in my experience of happiness with Jesus, and as you mentioned, the blessings of new creation, peace and mercy and grace, is then when I'm acting out that faith in love. Uh, th- that's my that's that's my joy. That's my experience, not my confidence. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and yeah, to separate those two to um you know the action of doing things that are very important and boasting in those things are two different realities yeah. mm-hmm. and you know because you, you can even flip it around like people can boast in very insignificant things <laughs> you know what i mean and mm. so you know doing significant things working hard laboring effort while at the same time not having that be my boast you know i really like what you said you know the identity and the what am i boasting in those are like right in the same category mm-hmm. right um and so having keeping those things separate now you know to your point the danger is i mean if you working so hard for something is very easy for you to have a misplaced priority of that misplaced significance boasting that i think that's you know that's what we're talking about but not the action itself not like even the good work itself is necessarily you're boasting in it yeah and i think you know it's it, this should come as no surprise you're 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 just talking about the well you guys are both talking about kind of this tension of like what well, i'm actually boasting in but i'm actually doing stuff right it's like welcome to the new creation, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> that, you're feeling the right thing. Y- yes. Yeah. yeah. You're getting at it because even there, and, you know, later in chapter three here, <clears throat> if you go further in Philippians, which I'm supposed to be summarizing Galatians, but here I am in Philippians. But you know, Philippians, he's going to say, "I press on to lay hold of that which has already been I've already been laid hold of by." And so there is this striving and working and laboring in the new creation that is not. Um, was it Dallas Willard who said, grace is not opposed to working. Grace is opposed to meriting. Grace is opposed right. to earning. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. And so Philippians 2 is the one that says, you know, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. First God. For God is the one who's at work in you both to will yep. and to do. So there's a holistic aspect of new creation living that is both head, heart, and hands there. Um, my brother is my brain right now. According to his good pleasure. Yeah, according to his good pleasure. The whole work out your salvation means figure out what it means to be God's people in Philippi. It's a, it's a corporate reality. It's not just, hey, you, Dave, you figure it out. <laughs> He's telling the church, figure out what it means to be God's chosen and beloved people in the city of Philippi because God is at work in you. Uh, both to will and do for his good pleasure. So, um, so yeah, I, I think that's new creation. New creation is this, it's learning to strive according to the grace of God. It's, it's learning not to take credit for accomplishments that, you know, um, the tool analogy from Paul Tripp is helpful here. Like, you know, we're just tools in the, in the Redeemer's hands. Mm-hmm. The tool can't boast that he built the building. Right. <laughs> Only the builder could do that. And when we see new creation fruit coming in and through our lives, then it's like we're not going, oh, well, look what we did. Mm-hmm. We're just recognizing that we are, in a sense, the channel. We're the conduit. And Jesus used the wonderful metaphor, he's the vine, we're the branches. That's, the, that's a perfect metaphor for what's actually happening in new creation. Mm-hmm. But power is working. It's interesting. We said this last time, I think. You know, uh, Well, I said in the sermon, to go back to Galatians, the modus operandi, which I love this, is faith working through love. Faith is the receiving virtue. Working, which is the Greek word energeo, we get our word energy from it, and that word in the New Testament is almost exclusively used of a transcendent reality that is powerfully working. I don't think it's ever used of a human being in the New Testament. God is at work here. Faith is at work. Um, death is at work. It is used. And so here you have this receiving of the presence and power of God in the Spirit through faith that now is at work, very busy, very industrious, Mm. 
and primarily expressed in love. That's the that is the bottom line, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I really do like that because, man, you you can get, you know, yeah, you could get lost in a lot of different principles or other things too. So. You, you mentioned, Dan, you know, you're feeling the right thing. If you feel that tension, that that is the tension you should be feeling as a Christian. That is having an awareness and being present with the work of the Spirit, fighting against the flesh. I mean, the tension is built into Galatians 5. You know, resisting and crucifying the flesh and its passions and keeping in step with the Spirit. I mean, even in strength training, you know, like one of the the biggest things is growth comes from time under tension. (laughs) You know, Mm. there is such thing as good tension, good resistance. It actually strengthens you and and makes you stronger. Uh, And so don't, you know, don't avoid the tension, press into it, grow from it, learn from it, receive that faith as virtue. And then in the being empowered by the Spirit, Philippians 2, 12 and 13, go and work it out in love. Don't boast in, in any of the work that's happening, but go deeper into who you are in Christ and your experience of his grace, his mercy, justice, righteousness, peace, joy uh, in, in those workings. Hmm. You mentioned that Christians need to face their stuff, and I was mm. offended. <laughs> no, actually, this was so helpful because I, I really loved this. I, I don't feel like it's a foreign thing for us to have conversations with people outside the church or people who've been hurt by the church and they're just like, well, the church is just full of hypocrites. You know what I mean? It's like, it's so frustrating. And this mm-hmm. is a conversation in, Gal- in Galatia. It's like, there are people like, hey, if you live this way, you, you know, should we continue to, to sin so that grace may abound? Paul says in Romans, like that, that's the argument of people. Well, if you just talk about all this receiving grace and you tell people they don't need to do some of these certain things, we do these things so that we can make sure we stay moral and good and religious and distinct. And all those things can be good and fine in and of themselves, but they make bad gods. And you, you mentioned what you need to do is, it's, it's actually like if, if the blessings of new creation is peace that comes from mercy and grace, then what needs to happen is Christians don't need to hide their stuff. That's actually hypocrisy or covered up with works. Mm-hmm. Which you talked about a few, right. probably a month ago by now. Yep. Mm-hmm. What they need to do is they need to confront their stuff, bring it to the light, acknowledge it as sin, and then repent. And that is the beauty of new creation. It's mm-hmm. it's like the new world in which we live. And so there's a freedom there that comes too. And by the way, I mean, you want to talk about experiencing freedom. Don't let things fester in the dark. Yeah. When you come to the light, like that's that's where the Holy Spirit does his work. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to be afraid because the ingredients of new creation is mercy and grace. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean I I said this as well in the sermon because I definitely felt it and have been feeling it um, you know, from kind of the pastoral chair just interacting with brothers and sisters it's it's complicated facing your stuff's hard so i, I didn't want so hard i didn't want to make that and i, I hope i didn't um i don't want to make that sound like hey you know just go pray this prayer you know just be willing to admit something and everything will go away it's like yeah it's not always you know so i, I talked and you know you know seeing a brother or sister or seeing a pastor or seeing a counselor i mean there there can be some really deep rooted things that are you know pretty nasty old creation old world stuff you know that linger and may never go away and 
Paul said something about, you know, I asked the Lord three times that he would take this thing away from me, and he didn't do it. Mm. Um, and But, you know, people always say, preachers use the rhetoric, and it's good. Purpose in the pain. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good, there, you know. But that is actually a huge blessing. As a Christian, mm-hmm. you actually can find purpose in the pain, and and even if the pain has to linger. So, I, you know. But yeah, but I do think at times we're not we're, we. I I know in my own life I've danced around some issues. <laughs> it's like, well, I'll kind of confess it to this point. There there is a sense in which you probably won't experience the freedom you could this side of heaven. Um. Unless you're willing to like really stare it in the face and be like, no, this is it. Like, I'm proud. I'm greedy. I want money. I want people to think I'm better than them. Like, start saying things that even make you uncomfortable because that's what sin's doing. Sin is actually um, darker than we normally give it credit for, um, I, would, I would think. Uh, it, it seems to be a bit more sinister. So that's what I was kind of meaning. Like, I, I need to face my stuff. I need to face my pride. Um, actually, here's a little biographical thing. Uh, early on in ministry, I was struggling with some anger and frustration with, with ministry, and Dan confronted me, and he said, um, you're not loving the people of this church. You're using them for your honor. Whoa. <laughs> he probably doesn't even remember saying that. <laughs> Um, That's the most confrontational sure. thing Dan has ever done in his entire life. <laughs> and, um, but he was right. And I, I don't want to be, again, there's, this, there's, the, there's the other opposite pole, but what our, our, our mission partner, Alex Kirk, says, he calls it worm theology, where everyone's always like, oh, you know, I'm horrible and I'm terrible and I'm, you know, right. you know, that, you know, so, you know, we're trying to thread the needle here between, hey, you're still in Christ, everybody. So let's re- rejoice in that and be thankful, you know, but, you know, but, you know, sin can be a little bit deeper and a little bit nastier than we do. And, and then when I started to realize that, you know, I was like, okay, now I can change. Like, if I'm actually, like, squaring up, like, oh, no, I actually, very deeply rooted in me is a desire to be praised. And the temptation to use the church as a name for myself is actually what already James and John were doing. Hello? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, can right. we sit on your right and your left? So this isn't a temptation that would be like so unique. It's like literally in the Bible. And so that really helped me as a young pastor to be like, okay, I need to just own the fact that in me dwells a desire to use people instead of love people. And so, okay, now that I've acknowledged that, again, just because you've acknowledged it, there's, a, you know, there's, there's other progress that needs to be made. There's implementation. So when situations come and I continue to be a pastor, and it's like, okay, I need to repent here. I, I, or, I, you, know, you know, the other thing is receiving and rejoicing in like who I am in Jesus can set me free. So there's, there's things that we can do, but yeah. So I do think that's important to, um, for Christians to recognize what actually is happening as opposed to, you know, oh, I just, you know, sometimes I'm a little agitated or, you know, like Mm -hmm. what's actually going on? And sometimes it's not even, we can't even get at it ourselves. Sometimes it's hard to see in yourself. This is why, you know, you pray Psalm. What's the last verse of Psalm 119? I've gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant. I do not forget your word. That's wonderful. Or Psalm 139, it says, um, search me, know me, try me, see if there be any wicked way in me, lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me in the way everlasting. It's not... And it might be a while before you can even identify sometimes what's happening. And, um, but, you know. Well, yeah, I think the last point about grace and effort actually being pretty compatible, you know, not grace and earning, those Mm -hmm. two are 
not uncompatible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But grace and effort because, you know, this whole thing of facing your sin, dealing with your sin honestly, facing your stuff, that is like that's hard. That's effort. <laughs> and so when you put the effort in to do that, you will <laughs> uncover difficulty. You, you might like even really lead yourself into some necessary suffering, which is where you would receive the grace of God. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if you don't put yourself out there, if you don't expose yourself in the light, then you're not really aware of any kind of grace that you might actually even need. Mm-hmm. And so the effort you know, the grace outpaces the effort there, but, you know, is it the effort really that <laughs> that spurs the grace, you know, or yeah. that like leads to us realizing more and more of the grace? Yeah, and, and even there, like not even trying to worry too much about it, just go, for, I think that's the point of Philippians too, is just go do it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. God's grace is with you. I think that's part of the reason why he gives us the promise. It's like, well, man, if I go read my Bible, I don't know if I'm going to get anything out of it. Wrong. You're in the new creation. <laughs> grace you won't is, if you won't, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> if you don't, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know if I should, you know, tell this uh, to my brother. Well, again, consider who your brother is because just there is. Maybe they're not the right person to tell. But, yeah, you know, you're not going to find the freedom that you might find if you don't walk in the light. So, you know, I, I do think I you could spend time worrying about, am I trying to earn something here or not? It's like you should obey what you know, the light that you have, trust that God's grace is at work in you. You are in the new creation and, you know, you will make progress. And then if you find that you begin to trust your works, you begin to start trusting your process. This can happen in parenting, by the way. As parenting, you know, it's all of God. It's all of God. They're God's kids. I can't do anything about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you start to, you know, do some parenting. It's like, hey, man, it's working. <laughs> mm. And then you could be tempted to take credit for it. And you're like, oh, no. And then the Lord reminds you, oh, no, it's not you. It's not you. And so, that's going to happen on the journey of the new creation. You're going to, you know, have that, you know, a little bit of that pole, the two poles of like license and legalism. You're going to have that, but he, the Spirit's going to guide you between those two poles. Talking about facing your stuff, how important as a Christian it is to be aware of where you need growth still, like daily, mm-hmm. making that a daily thing. Part of, we mentioned last week, with the crucifying your flesh and its passions, Paul says, you know, I die daily. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so a daily practice of being aware of where you need to grow. You just mentioned, okay, mm-hmm. it was freeing for you to go, there is something that is dwelling in me, a desire that lives in me, lives in my heart, mm-hmm. that wants to be known, wants to be whatever. Have you ever thought about the importance of, you know, not creating a stumbling block for your old self? <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, you know, when you said that, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about the kid, my kids in my house. You know, we have a, a TV in our living room. Don't judge me. And um, <laughs> he, he, and yes, I've thought about not having one, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we do. And the home screen of these new smart TVs, or uh, it's not really new. It's like six, seven years old. But the, of the smart TVs, ever since smart TVs, TVs came out, they have like uh, transitioning. Mm-hmm. like trailers or things at the top that just, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's oh, just yeah. your homepage, mm-hmm. but you see like four or five trailer pictures or whatever. And some of them are terrifying or atrocious or sensual or mm-hmm. wicked, honestly. And so we're like, okay, we're turning the TV on, we're turning it off. I'm wanting to protect my children from seeing something that would give them nightmares or, you know, plant seeds in them. You know, if you have friends come over, you don't want to be a stumbling block to them. Mm-hmm. It's like if if you have, you know, 
bottles of wine or something at your house and you know that they might have a, a conviction or a past and so mm-hmm. you you do what's necessary to not cause people to stumble who are living or residing or dwelling in your in your home mm-hmm. and i'm just like man do i take enough care of my own residence of knowing the all old me's mm. <laughs> and tendencies that live in my own heart and what by god's grace what efforts am i making you know by faith empowered by faith to keep building those stones to keep the dragon in like how am i being proactive to set up guardrails aware every day of where i need growth and not wanting the old me to gain any traction uh, or come out mm. and so i don't i think that that's where it's like it's not helpful. We've had this conversation, Dan, uh, before. It's not helpful in Christianity to, to just talk about the passive part of it. Mm-hmm. Receive, receive, receive. It's grace, it's grace, it's grace. As if like, you know, you can kind of just go lay out in the sun and you're going to grow into this holy, being, <laughs> get a holy tan. Like you have to do stuff. That's how you get your holy glow. <laughs> oh man, that was good. I'm telling you that was good. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know where to go from there. Yeah. But that was great. But like I, the danger to your point, Mike, is because I'm driven this way. I want to be told what I need to be, what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Wake up, give me the eight things I need to do today. When I need to do them, oh, and then I will feel so accomplished and great. And my tendency is to boast in that at the end of the day, mm-hmm. for sure. That's the danger here. At the same time, it's like no, Dave, you do, you need to do something, but you need to do it with an awareness of God's presence his provision, his grace, and that you are desperately in need of him and his righteousness. And so like pressing in, I, you know, I've said it a few times already, but pressing in, this is, this is key to my daily life, pressing into the experience of living out God's grace mm. um, and trusting and finding my confidence in, in the work that he's already done. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think it's twofold activeness is I do think there's like a the word mindfulness is very popular right now, but they're just borrowing that from Christianity. That's that's Psalm one, meditate all the way back. Thousands Who's of they? Years ago. Really quick, just uh, kidding. Well, yeah. Well, uh, the answer is public school. That's for one. I mean, they're they do mindfulness in the morning uh, with my kids, and so you know, I mean, they're not forcing them to like meditate in that way. My kids, hopefully, they just pray. Uh, but you know, but yeah, this whole idea of. You know, we talking here. I love the phrase Jesus consciousness. Oh man, do I love that phrase? Mm. Like, am I Jesus conscious? Um, and I, I think that's a big part of this. It's like when you know you do like something great happens to you, and you begin to think, "Man, God's really blessing me. This is amazing." You do need to check the little sit, the hiss of the serpent in there that can be like, "You deserve this." Ooh, you are the man. And you work really hard. For, you know what I mean? Like that, mm-hmm. that is, and it, that's like the seed. You know, James 1 talks about how we get drawn away of our own desires. And mm. then when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it's full grown, brings, brings forth, forth death. death. So that's not the full blown issue of it right there. But man, you, it's like, you know, that is the whole, like, I mean, for me, pastoral, when you see pastors fall, what happened? That's what happened. Man, I really do deserve this. The hiss of the serpent. Yeah. And then when it's full blown, the arrogance, the pride, the spiritual abuse, and all that stuff comes later. But that all started. And so it's like, you need to check that at the door. I think that's what Paul's talking about when he says, I'm boasting in the cross. I discipline my mind to boast in the cross. I am, you know, even in Timothy, when he says, 
you know, that I am a wretch, I'm the worst of sinners. Uh, this is what I know, that Christ Jesus came to save sinners of whom I am chief. He identified himself as the chief of sinners, even later in his life as in, in, in ministry. And I, I think that is, I mean, I don't know if you want to put that in a spiritual discipline category, but I do think it's like a, a discipline of the heart and mind that when I'm super successful. And then, and then also, like, when I'm, like, super suffering, to not forget that I'm still in Christ and to, like, know that this suffering is not punishment, but it is it is pain that the Lord has allowed into my life to make me more like him. And Paul says that I, I rejoice in these sufferings because I'm being conformed to the image of Christ. So when we talk about what are we actually trying to be here, and don't forget, and here's a summary of Galatians, you know, we, we never even finished the summary of the sermon, but, like, don't forget, Paul said, I, I am so laboring, I'm like I'm laboring in childbirth pains until Christ is formed in you. The whole issue here in Galatians is that mm-hmm. Christ should be formed in them. And, you know, talking about the practices and what we're doing, like, and then, like, and the way Paul applies it in Galatians is love, find people to love. Like, it's not, you know, I talked to my girls recently about Christian bodybuilding. There's a, there's an idea that practices can become, like, I'm just, you know, doing this so that I can, quote-unquote, look good versus, like, functional strength so that I can yes. serve my brothers and sisters. So it's yes. like, that's the other thing. is like when you go to oh, serve man. your brothers and sisters, you're going to find a weakness. You're going to find, like, oh, man, I can't breathe. I'm, because <sighs> I'm too, and, like, oh, I need to press into Christ more so that I can find the strength I need to serve them. And, you know, you look at the way Paul, like, the, what does Paul actually tell us to do in our body from Galatians? You know, he literally tells us to serve our brothers and sisters. He tells us to restore our brothers and sisters. He tells us to share our goods with our brothers and sisters. So there's some like really practical hands-on things that I should be consistently doing is practicing caring for other brothers and sisters, specifically those who need. A little plug for Haiti. If you want to give to Haiti, still can. Still some need there. But yeah, there's ways that those are like that's what Paul actually does right there in Galatians. And um, you know, I just think that's really important. So um, Christ being formed in us, so we become Christ-like people. And then that his work then goes through love. And so, um, and then I, I love the word, I didn't park on it too much, and I know we got to close here, but that word canon. Those who walk by this rule. What is the rule of life? Which, again, this we're having this conversation about coming practices, and um, the Practicing the Way group talks about a rule of life. Mm. And I just think it's really providential that, that is, you know, we're going to be transitioning that in a couple of weeks um, into the first kind of like practices of discipleship, which will be prayer. But a rule of life, my rule of life is new creation. <laughs> you know, and and life can be very hard. And we've talked about that. We try to be sensitive to it. Man, whew, you can, there can be a lot of suffering, even though you're experiencing new creation. But your experience of new creation is not less real than your suffering or your successes. It's actually more real. And so my experience of new creation then informs, shapes my current experience in the old creation. And so that's my rule of life. Am I experiencing, growing in, this new creation power of Christ being formed in me by the power of the Spirit that is turning me into a loving, kind, generous, faithful person. It is a perfect transition into what the Lord is providentially allowing us and leading us to next. Mm -hmm. I'm 36 in like three weeks. I've been in the church my whole life. I've been in great churches. Son of a pastor. The son of a pastor. 
And I have never been more excited about a season of church to come than I am, seriously, for what's about to happen. No Praise pressure. Lord. No, I was going to say, yikes. <laughs> That's great. No, I, I'm that excited. I mean, we've, so, I mean, a quick forecast, I'll, I'll start with what starts in two weeks, um, three Sundays, is we've been talking about the practices. What does it mean to follow Jesus? How do we help people here actually live out mm-hmm. who they are in Christ? Right. Live in the new creation, live in the kingdom, press into that. You know, how, how do we help them have Christ be formed in them by the power of the Holy Spirit? We've literally been talking about this, this for over a year. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of conversation and prayer, our elders, our staff, there's been study, there's going to be more to come. And we're getting ready to launch in two weeks, the first eight or nine or 10 weeks of what we're calling the practices. And we're starting with prayer and fasting. And these are things that we're like, hey, this is this is what Christians do. This mm-hmm. These are things that people who say, I belong to Jesus and he belongs to me and I'm going to live for him. These are the things that they do. And it's not just going to be like a... And have been doing and, since he rose from the dead. Right, exactly. Um, and we're going to be talking not just about them in a systematic the, you know, theology way, like here's what the Bible says about prayer, but the whole point is, I mean, practices that mm-hmm. we would be doing <laughs> these things. And so I'm just very excited uh, for the days ahead. Anything you want to say about the practices coming up, either one of you, before I talk about this coming Sunday? Um, no, I think that's great. I'm also looking forward to this. <laughs> I say, I did this whole, so that, that's so great. Sorry, no, I'm, I'm as excited as you are. <laughs> I'm 36 in three you know, weeks and never in my life. Mike's like, yeah, I'm also, you know, pretty excited. It's going to be good. No, I am. I, because for me, I mean, I, for me, this is a, a pendulum. So yes. like spiritual disciplines for me were kind of forced on me. I didn't really get it. And then, so I spent a good deal of my adult life not um, pursuing spiritual disciplines because I just thought they tended toward legalism. And so kind of revisiting them honestly here, you know, this is, you know, for me, um, uh, hopefully an admission, a humble admission of like, yeah, this, there's uh, there's ways to grow. There's new ways, not new, because um, the pra- these practices we're talking about aren't like new at all. They're, they're ancient, um, but ways of engaging ancient practices in fresh ways that I have seen clearly, more clearly recently, and I'm thankful for that. And I really am looking forward to it. What we mean by, you know, a rule of life is, you know, a commitment to living a certain way. Yeah. And, you know, just like sometimes maybe you would say, well, everybody has a theology. Mm -hmm. It's just how good is your theology? Everyone has a rule of life, even if you don't know you do. Right, that's good. And so... The point you were making earlier there, Dave, um, you know, I know the old selves, you know, not trying to cause them to stumble. It's like when you begin to examine your rule of life, you know, maybe you're realizing, boy, I'm making things a lot more harder (laughs) on me than Mm. they need to be. You know, does my rule of life actually mesh with what I really want to be doing, the kind of person I want to be? You know, right. which is and new I, creation. I, exactly. Exa- that's and, exactly. That's why I think the, actually the Galatians part. The fact that it says the rule of life is not is not going to be the practices. The practices are going to actually serve what I really want. The deeper reality, the bottom line of new creation, 
And so how is prayer going to help me experience new creation? How is fasting going to help me experience new creation? Oh, and they will. Like, man. Oh, man, they will. They will. How does the Word of God, how does being generous with my temporary possessions now actually expand my capacity to experience new creation here and there in the new heavens? So Mm -hmm. the rule of life will continue to be life in Christ, new creation, life with God. But as Dan was saying there, what are the common, what are the ways I'm pursuing new creation right now? And are there better, more holistic ways to do it? And the answer to that is yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And then, but you said that doesn't start for a couple of weeks. So yeah. One final thing on that. <laughs> What's happening next week? Well, the next two weeks are going to, I think, help, you know, prime the pump mm-hmm. because, you know, we, we've said several times here, how you live is a first rank issue. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's why these practices are important. Like there are things that Christians do that Jesus has told us to do that Jesus did that will cause him to be formed in us that will help k- kill the old man daily and live in the freedom of the spirit. And so the next two weeks, we're going to be looking at Psalm 119 verse one, happy or blessed is the one whose way is blameless who walks in the law of the Lord. Blessed the are those practicing the way, practicing the way. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, Man, I almost just gave a, a nope, you got to come. I almost gave away a huge part of Psalm 119 with the way thing. There's a great thing there. Mm-hmm. But the next two weeks, we're going to be talking about Psalm 119 and what it means uh, to walk in the ways of Jesus, mm-hmm. actually. Um, and it's there's a lot of overlap from Galatians 5, and there's a lot of really good transition into the practices. So we're actually even going to be singing at the end of both services from Psalm 119. I'm really excited. I don't mm-hmm. know if singing is going to make it on the list of like formal practices, but it is definitely a practice that we need. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Awesome. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, walking through this letter of Galatians. Uh, we really pray that that was beneficial and helpful as uh, we continue to be built up into Christ together. So we're Amen. looking forward to what's next. Amen.